0: There is a little town called Oddstock with a cursed church. A powerful gypsy queen is said to have placed the curse as a punishment for those who would shut the door on the mourners of one Joshua Scamp, a hero and a martyr. Why was he a martyr? In 1801, Joshua Scamp was sentenced to death by hanging and his crime, he didn't commit
1: The magic takes hold Weave the spell into the land As you cast a circle round Call upon the Sith And lay your curses down
2: Hello, thank you for joining me. I'm Tamlin Wheatley, and you're listening to Folklore. If you're hearing me for the first time, you might like to go back and listen to the first few episodes so you can get up to speed. My last investigation into Sally in the Wood definitely unsettled me somewhat. I've been thinking recently about that box of tapes, and this strange journey they've sent me on, or rather, the journey I started for myself and now feel compelled to see through. Perhaps if I hadn't started any of this, I would be able to get a full night's sleep without having to resort to taking night nurse. My dreams have been strange, haunting, perhaps even nightmarish, one in particular that keeps replaying in my mind. A large black dog with saucers for eyes, chasing me into Sally in the Wood where I find myself surrounded by guardian stones. But a dream is just a dream, and Neil's tapes are far more interesting. But why have I been sent them? What am I supposed to do? And why am I being told to stop my investigations? I think it's worth mentioning that at the time of receiving my threatening note, I'd already recorded my investigations for both this episode and the next, and I think I may now understand But for your sake, I'll continue on in some sort of chronological order. It just prevents things from getting messy. Perhaps unwisely, to keep myself distracted and my mind off my restless nights, I've been focusing myself on this next tape I'm going to share with you. I can't ignore or change what I now know, and part of me is desperate to find out where Neil's tapes are leading me. I can't stop now. I almost feel as if this strange collection of stories is woven into my consciousness both waking and sleeping. This tape, however, is something I'm really excited about. I've always had an interest in Romani culture and their particular brand of magic, ever since I was young and saw the wagons on the green by my grandfather's house in Pusey. I always envisage those people being strong and independent free spirits, so this tape piqued my interest when I realized that I would get to find out more about their culture and their beliefs. What I wasn't expecting, was to be led back to church on a Sunday morning. Something I haven't done since I was a small child. I've just parked near the church. I'm going to take a look around but it seems oddly quiet for a Sunday. It's just after 9am. There's one of those annoying COVID notices on the church door. There's nobody here. Although I guess in a graveyard, no one ever really feels alone. You always talk to yourself like this, or is it just a
3: madness setting in? Oh, Sarah, it's you. You scared the life out of me. No, I should hope not.
2: That would give me even more work. I'd have to dig you a grave. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not for many years. It's nice to see you again. What are you doing here? Oh, I've just come to pay my respects to an old friend. What about you? I've come to look into some of the law around good old Joshua Scamp over there. I've been reading about the supposed curse on this church door. Oh, I know all about that you seen the headstone? Yeah, I've had a quick look. I was interested in going into the church, but it's not open and the sign says there's no services at the moment because of Covid. Let me tell you all about it. Oh, I should say, I'm recording still. Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine by me. If you know more about it, I'd love to hear. Okay, I'll tell you everything I
3: know. In 1801, this poor old fella was condemned to death and hanged at Fisherton Jail just up the road in Salisbury, for The alleged theft of a horse. However... Our Joshua here was a much more trustworthy character than his name suggested, because it was in fact his son-in-law who had stolen the horse. The even little beggar. Joshua was well liked by everyone who knew him, so the revelation of his innocence and his sacrifice for his daughter was told by travelers far and wide. He soon became known as a hero, and the anniversary of his death each year drew large crowds of mourners to this very spot. And that was a problem for the church, right? Yeah. The local church officials decided they didn't want travellers in their churchyard, so they hastily uprooted the briar rose planted in Joshua's memory and locked the church doors to keep them all out. Right. This is where our tale takes the more sinister turn, which Henry always loved. Loved. He liked it when stories got a bit dark. He said it reminded him of the human condition. <laughs> I remember that side of him. Silly old Henry. Anyway. The gypsies were so enraged by this that they're said to have sent for the queen who helped them by placing a curse on the church. The story goes that anyone who locked the church door would die a sudden and timely death. And two people actually died, didn't they? Sure did. Well, two church wardens are believed to have died, which of course brought panic to the locals, and the story of the curse grew when news of its supposed victims spread. And as the news spread, so did the fear, Church officials and parishioners were so full of superstition that the church door remained unlocked for nearly 200 years. The rector did away with the cursed keys and threw them into the River Ebel, where they probably still are, just hanging around on the riverbed, all
2: rusty and whatnot. What a fascinating story. And the epitaph on the gravestone is cool too. In memory of Joshua Scamp, who died April 1st, 1801, May his brave deed be remembered to his credit here and hereafter. Seems kind of curious that he died on April Fool's Day. Amazing, though, that this story has had such an effect on people's imaginations for so long. Who says it's just a story? My grandmother, Grace, who was part of the traveller community,
3: has been saying for years that this is cursed land and that no good can come of it. She says that gorges have no business disturbing a man's grave like that or stopping him from paying their respects. Our family thinks of Joshua Scamp as a hero. He had great courage in Romano, which in my culture means behaving with dignity, respect and honour, as a Roma person. If I were a member of this church, I'd be worried too. I'm told some of these curses could be pretty nasty. I don't think I'd ever want to be the one who had to lock
2: this door back in the day. I read somewhere that the Bishop of Salisbury performed some kind of ritual with members of the congregation to bless the door and remove the curse and afterwards they changed the lock. What do you think about that?
3: Do you think that worked? Oh yes, they all put their hands on the bishop while he locked the door. They said if all of them were in physical contact while it happened, the power of the curse would be diluted
2: between them, and it would have little effect. Then they changed the locks. Yes, but did it work though? I read also that one of those people did die within a year. Do you think it was coincidence, or was it the curse taking its final victim? I think changing the locks would have worked, maybe. But if it was the actual door that was
3: cursed, rather than the lock, then maybe it didn't. But the door's been locked as normal every night since then, and I don't think anyone's popped their clogs as far as I know. As for the poor man who died, I heard he was old, and on his way out anyway. So I guess we'll
2: never really know. Lots of food for thought. I don't suppose you know the current vicar. I'd love to ask what he thinks as well. I I know him very
3: well, only in passing, but I imagine he's at home, and so should you be too. What with this COVID situation and all, you're best off getting yourself back home and safe, my lovely."
2: After our chat, I stayed a little while longer, just taking photos of the grave, and when I turned around to say goodbye, Sarah had disappeared. It seemed strange. The space around me was so wide open so it wasn't as if she could simply hurry off. I walked around the graveyard, but I couldn't see her anywhere, so I never got to say thank you. So I'd like to thank her now for telling me that story in such a lovely way, it's always fascinating to hear someone else relaying these things to me as well as hearing them on Neil's own recordings. And not only that, but the stigma surrounding Romani folk and travellers can often mean that there is far too much prejudice against people from those communities, as you can probably tell from Joshua Scamp's tale. On that note, I'd like to point out that the word gypsy is, in present day, used as a slur against travelling folk, and as such I don't feel comfortable using it. For the purposes of my own investigation, I'll use more appropriate language. However, while Professor Neil himself was respectful of traveller culture, some of the people he spoke to were not so kind. Those people were wrong then, and it is wrong now, so I'd like to suggest we use this as a learning experience. Anyway, now you've heard the story, Let's take a listen to Neil's recording from the same place over 40 years ago.
0: Thank you again. So, I'm here with Father Julian of St Mary's in Oddstock. who has kindly agreed to let me record this for my research notes. So, Father Julian, what can you tell us of the superstitions regarding Scamp and the curse?
4: (coughs) Testing, testing...
0: Uh, It's all working just fine. You you can just talk naturally in your normal speaking voice? Uh, Yes, I can certainly
4: tell you about the curse. Uh, I've been at this parish some time now. Uh, Me and Mr. Scamp are practically family. (laughs) Anyway, it seems you know the story quite well, so there's not much else I can add other than the door remaining unlocked still, which is pure superstition. I guess I don't risk it. (laughs) Luckily, this little old place is full of good people and nothing bad has ever come of it. We used to have a lot of traveller folk round this part of Wiltshire, but most have moved on or become house dwellers now. Joshua was very popular. His picture still hangs in the local pub, the Yew Tree, just up the road there. He's become a bit of a local celebrity these days. Do you know, I was almost... An episode of Blankety Blank with Terry Wogan. I could
0: have been a bit of a local celebrity myself. For oh, Really? Well, um, so you've never actually locked the door yourself? No, never. It's just one of those things. I
4: have the keys, of course, but I've never used them. I wouldn't say I even really believe in the curse, but at this point, you know, nearly 200 years later, it's just tradition. Nobody wants to die an untimely death, after all.
0: Quite, but what would happen if you
4: did? Well, I'm not one for superstitions. Apart from maybe saluting magpies now and again. But gypsy curses? No, no, no. I'm a man of God. I couldn't put my faith in a mysterious curse making old fellows drop down dead. But the legend goes that anyone who locks the door will die an untimely death within a year.
5: Aye, and it would happen and all. You don't want to go upsetting no one, here. And ain't a curse, that's just old wives' tales scared of the kiddies. It's God, it is. What does it?
0: Uh, sorry, I don't understand. What do you mean?
5: It ain't a curse, it's the wrath of God. He was angry at those church folk for destroying the gypsy's grave and for his death in the first place. God was angry that one of his flock was killed unjustly, but even more angry when he was disrespected like that. They should never have touched his bush or locked the door. I think that bush was symbolic, you know, of like uh, God's bush in the
4: story of Moses. When they dug it up, he weren't happy, so he smited them. I'm sorry, Mr. Neil. Jack is our caretaker here, and he has some quite strong opinions on the matter.
0: Oh, that's not a problem. Hi, Jack. My name is Henry, and I'm doing some research and recording this conversation. I hope you don't mind.
5: Oh, not at all. I I, I want it on record about the holy bird. Oh,
4: Jack. Come on, old chap. It's all just speculation. Yes, our Jack here is a great fan of the Old Testament and its verses on obeying God's words, aren't you, old chap? Yes, I myself, however, like to take a bit of a, a bit more of a hip and up to date approach to the Bible. I'm keen to move with the times and steer my flock away from too much doom and gloom. I like to dig out my guitar, jam with Margaret on the organ and just be spontaneous. We always get everyone dancing in the pews. Dance then wherever you may be, for I am the lord of the dance,
0: said he. OK. Hey, that's great. That's really, really great. Thank you, Vicar. Um, Josh, just going back to what you were saying, um, so you believe that there's no curse then, no curse at all?
5: First of all, my name is Jack, yeah, and it's only God's will, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Superstition, Jack,
0: it's only superstition. Well, what do you think happened to the church wardens that died in the 1800s, then, if it wasn't something supernatural?
5: It was like the ninth plague in Egypt, he smited them,
4: like he smited them firstborns, well... Neither of them were exactly spring chickens, I'll imagine. It was all just circumstance and old age,
0: if you ask me.
4: That'd be convenient, wouldn't it?
0: Yes, yes, but what if there is a curse? Just humour me for a moment, okay? How would one test it, and how would one break it?
5: Uh, No, 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 no. You shouldn't test God. Jesus said unto him it is written again thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God Matthew 4 7
4: I suppose the only way to know for sure would be to lock the door and then see if you die within a year although even then you wouldn't really know the death would simply appear unrelated unless you can have two versions of yourself lock the door and play out life in exactly the same way from that point on. How would you ever be able to tell if it was the door, or if it was, well, simply just your time?
0: That's a fair point. Still, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't curious.
4: So would I, Mr Neil, so would I. On the subject of breaking the curse, however, I wouldn't know where to begin. I'm afraid I only preach the word of God and... Not remedies for old Traveller magic.
0: Okay, well, can I borrow your keys then?
2: I don't know about you, but I found this exchange between Neil, the vicar, and the caretaker to be incredibly interesting. It seemed that each of them had entirely different opinions on the state of the curse, regardless of whether they believed it was a curse or not. It was especially interesting hearing Jack, the caretaker, talk so fervently about God and punishment in such a way. I know for a fact that Neil would have been squirming to refute those statements, so it showed a lot of restraint that he didn't do so right there and then. Neil, like myself, is an atheist, was an atheist, so how can there be a belief in some elements of the supernatural, like a curse for example, but not in a God or any kind of higher power? I turned to an online forum to find out more. After posing the question to a forum on Romani heritage and traditions, I received a reply from someone by the username of the Lady Leonora, who claimed to be a descendant of the woman who placed the curse in the story. What we discussed on our Zoom call was quite unexpected, but I wholeheartedly welcomed the change in pace. I'm not sure how relevant it is to my investigation, but it is incredibly interesting. So, here she is, the Lady Leonora. Hi, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Is it okay to call you Leonora? Um, what do you prefer?
6: Just Nora is fine, and you're welcome. I know I can be of great help to you. I do like to get my... hooks into the tales of old. You know, traditions and folk tales like this are often exaggerated over time, like Chinese whispers. But at the core of the story is always an element of truth. I'd like to explore that truth with you today.
2: That's brilliant. I'm all ears.
6: So you already know about the death of Joshua Scamp. You know of the desecration of his grave, the barbaric prejudiced treatment of his family by the church wardens. You know about the curse, correct?
2: Yes, that's right, and I'd love to know more. Perhaps you know of any descendants of his.
6: I can do you one better. Listen well, dear Tamsin. The Romani clan residing in that area at the time was governed by a powerful queen. She was the matriarch of that clan, if you will. And when Scamp's family was horrified by what the church wardens did, it was this queen who placed the curse on the door.
2: Ah, yes, I read about that, but there was very little information on her.
6: Well, she's my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother. She was actually a witch, you know. Us Romany folk get labelled as all sorts of things, but magic and witchcraft is something that has followed us for years. There's an old poem that has been passed down for centuries, originally designed to denigrate us. But we now use it for good luck. We reclaimed it, you see. Would you like to hear it?
2: Sure, go for it.
6: Wherever gypsies go, there the witches are, we know. That is the English version of it anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying?
2: Um, no.
6: People have always been distrustful of us, but they come to us when they want something, or want to know their future. If they can take from us, they will. Otherwise, we are nothing to them. Do you want to know your future, Tamsin Wheatley?
2: I'm not sure if I do, really. Why?
6: My abilities mean that I am skilled at the art of tarot. Something tells me you're on a journey of discovery. Knowing what could be ahead might make it easier for you. I usually charge, but for you, I'll make an exception.
2: Um, yeah, I guess that would be okay. Do I have to do anything?
6: Just clear your mind, and I'll do the rest. Sure. Do you have a question you want answering?
2: Hmm... I have lots.
6: Focus on one, and hold it in your mind.
2: Okay. Got one.
6: Now I will lay the cards and draw the first one. Focus on your question. Really hold it in the forefront of your mind. Focus. Focus. Interesting first card. The magician in reverse. I'm guessing you would like me to explain what it means.
2: Yes, please. I am curious.
6: It can be interpreted in many ways, as can all the cards. This one in reverse can be taken to allude to some kind of trickery or an illusion of some description. It could also represent untapped talents. Take from that what you will.
2: Interesting.
6: Your second card. Ah, the High Priestess. Relating to yourself, I would say this means you ought to focus on your intuition. Leave intellect alone on certain occasions. Trust your gut feeling.
2: (laughs) Easier said than done.
6: True, but very beneficial. Your final card. Hmm. Oh. The Ten of Wands. Do you have a lot of hard work to do, Tamsin? Don't answer that. We all have hard work in this life. Hard work and accomplishment. You're nearly there, Tamsin. And then you'll be able to let go of that burden.
2: Oh well, I hope that one is right.
6: I can't imagine why it wouldn't be, dear.
2: The way Nora shuffled and laid the cards in a formation on her table, Doing so with the ease of someone who had done it a thousand times was absolutely enthralling. I could have watched her with those cards all day. It was almost hypnotic, and you could tell she respected them deeply. She was a most interesting person, and I'm super grateful to have seen her in action. Of course, I'm not sure if I believe any of what she said. At the end of the day, focusing on intuition and hard work could be relevant to anyone at any point in their life. I have to keep reminding myself that constantly connecting dots that don't need to be connected is a result of my paranoia and lack of sleep recently. I am trying to let go of the fears and focus on reality. As for the information about the scamp story, Nora could very well have been descended from the woman who placed the curse on Oddstock Church. But, without looking into her ancestry myself, I won't be able to comment on that. I'll admit, I would like to believe it, even if only to keep some of that magic
6: alive.
0: The door itself is exactly what you would imagine a 12th century door would look like. It's extremely large and heavy, made of solid wood with large stone archivolts and classic medieval features. It's one of my favourite time periods, actually. If these were the original keys, they would be so large they would dwarf the palm of my hand as if they'd been made by giants. <laughs> Sadly, unless we were to dredge up the River Ebb, we would have to make do with these modern-day replacement keys. Right, the suspense of this moment will kill me if the curse doesn't.
4: I hate to be a doubting Thomas, Henry, but do you really think that this is a good idea? What if it's the door or the whole church that's affected?
0: I thought you weren't superstitious, Vicar. (laughs) Well, let's just say, if you don't see or hear from me again now that I've locked this door, I've either discovered a TARDIS and gone off to explore the universe with Sarah Jane, well, the curse has finished me off, and I certainly know which one I would prefer, hmm? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah, sir. I-, I could see you in a Tom Baker <laughs> scarf. Uh, just-, just don't frighten me, Mr Neil, or I'll be off to hide in our secret cellar. Nobody will find me for weeks. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, it's all very well and good, you two having a laugh about it, but if you lock that door and get smited, I will have no sympathy for you, sir.
0: That's quite alright, Jack. <laughs> Maybe if I do it and nothing happens, it will ease your concerns a bit?
5: Yeah, and if something does happen?
0: Well, perhaps that's best not to think about, hmm?
5: Yeah, if you don't start heeding my word, you're, you're messing with stuff you don't understand, Mr. Neal. I don't claim to understand it either, but I don't go messing with it either. Like right? God don't look favourably on those who don't take him serious.
0: Well, aren't you just a little bit curious?
5: Curiosity killed the cat, so they say. Isn't that right, Father? Yes. Well, uh, yes. So, no. I ain't going to be taking part in this little game. (sighs) I wish you well, though, Mr. Neal. That I do. I hope God will look favourably upon you. You're young, so maybe he'll put it down to that. Good day.
0: I hope I didn't upset him.
4: Jack is Jack. He'll be all right.
0: And you're sure you don't mind?
4: Well, uh, I will say a prayer for you while you do
0: it. Thank you. Right, much appreciated. OK, here goes...
2: That, I believe, was the sound of Neil locking St. Mary's Church in Oddstock. Now, we know that he definitely survived well after a year from that moment, so I very much doubt the curse was still in effect in the 1980s, if indeed it ever was. Unless… maybe it just took a really, really long time, and only came into effect 40 years later. That was a joke. I'm joking, I don't really believe that. Anyway. I'll mention now that included with this particular cassette was a little piece of paper, faded and old, folded into the case, a bit like Neil's sketch of the Guardian Stone. On it was a note which simply read, "Still here, H. Neil, the 5th of May, 1981." Hello. Do you mind if I sit here and just do a bit of recording
0: around the local area, local accents, that sort of thing? Would, I, would
3: you mind if I asked you a few questions? Not at all. I knew you would find me. I heard you visited the church earlier and spoke to Father Julian.
0: Oh, really? Well, I guess things travels pretty fast in these villages.
3: (laughs) Yes, he told me you'd come. I ask him every day why he took my job from me, but he only ever stares at me with that little glint in his eye. But today, he
1: told me you'd come.
0: Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, hang on, sorry. Who told you I'd visit the the vicar?
1: No, him. Over
0: there. Do you mean the painting hanging over the fireplace? Is that
3: Joshua... Don't say his name. It's all cursed. If you know what's good for you, you'll leave
6: before it's too late.
0: What do you mean, before it's too late? Before what's too late? (laughs) Oh, are you leaving?
6: What
3: do
0: you do next, Henry? Just be careful. Well, wait, how did you know my name? Well, that was weird. I'll be honest, I'm feeling a little off. After my experience last week, I'm, well, I've been trying to keep that one out of my mind, but, I I don't know. Something about that woman, the widow in black, Sally, Sure it's nothing, it's just well. Never mind. I'm pretty sure I'm with the vicar on this one. A lot of coincidence and circumstance coming together with a healthy dose of local legend makes for a fascinating folklore. But I have to say that, that last interview with the widow in black, I still don't know how she found out my name. It's really completely fluxed me. Well, I'm just about ready to leave this intriguing place. But something tells me I might not be finished with Oddstock. I'm quite sure there are still mysteries waiting to be solved here. Perhaps if someone were to dredge up the keys from the River Rebel one day, we'd finally get to see what power they might hold.
2: This may sound odd, but it was such a relief for me to hear Neil in this way. To know that all the strangeness from the last tape was still playing on his mind, but that he was able to just carry on as normal despite all that weirdness. Well, it made me realise I can do the same. You'll also be pleased to hear I haven't seen any strange shadows in my garden for the last few weeks, which makes me wonder if it was all just in my head. With regards to the note, I'm inclined to put it down to the usual strange goings-on that people get when they're on the radio. This podcast has reached pretty far and wide, much to my own surprise, so if the person who wrote that is listening... Thanks for the short mystery, and I'll be sure to credit you in the episode notes. I'm feeling much better about everything at the moment, but there is something still at the back of my mind. A feeling that no matter how many mysteries I solve or how many fascinating pieces of history I learn about, there's an underlying current to it all. Something I'm missing. Something that I'm now tangled up in. And if I could just find the right thread to pull, then the knot might untangle and I'll find some answers.
1: Revolt where the black as the magic takes hold. Weave the spell into the land as you cast a circle round. Call upon the and lay your curses down.
2: Thank you for exploring this mystery with me, Tamsin Wheatley. You've been listening to Folklore. To get in touch and share your thoughts, please search at folklore underscore quad on Twitter or find our official Facebook page. If you've enjoyed the show, please like, share, and subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us to help us reach even more listeners. You can also join in the discussion over on our official Folklore Facebook group, or you can support the show and help make magic happen over on Patreon. And in exchange, you'll get access to all kinds of exclusive content, including some behind-the-scenes snippets, bonus stories and extra interviews. Next episode, I'll be returning to the beautiful town of Avery, this time to see if I can find the ghost of Florrie, a young woman who met her tragic end at the bottom of a well.
1: With the hand of glory from the King's Mount, I apploked the quarters to the west gates of hell. Take the left hand path down to the Shire of where the black should cows as the magic takes hold. We miss battered to the land educated. To circle round Fall upon the sixth in And lay your curses down